Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church. Uh, a warm welcome if you're joining us for the first time today. And uh, we just hope that you'll be able to continue with us throughout the, the service to the end. Um, yeah, this is a, a pre-recorded message. It's not going out live. And uh, so in, in that way, uh, if anything's happened between Thursday afternoon and Sunday morning, it will not be included in this service, uh, just so that people are aware of that. And, uh, you know, it's just not the same uh, when there are not people in the building other than the three of us uh, here today. Um, but nevertheless, you're here online. We're all joining in online today. And I just pray today that we experience God's presence um, in our gathering today. And let's just pray for a moment as we uh, just invite the Holy Spirit into our gathering. Um, it's, it's just something that I do every day when I come before God is just actually just invite God in to speak into my life and to, to really give me wisdom and to just to impact my life for that day and the things that I need to do. And it's no, no different when we come together to worship as well. So let's just pray. Father, we thank you for your presence in this place today. Lord, and, and all the homes that we're meeting in as we gather online. And Father, we just pray your blessing in every home. Father, we pray that your hand would be upon each one of us. Lord, may we know your presence. May we hear your voice speaking into our hearts. Lord, we know that there are many heavy hearts at this time in the church. And Father, we just ask for your blessing on families. Uh, for, for, for many, Father, it's just been such a difficult time, um, a difficult year, but Father, a difficult time um, just as, as we drew uh, towards the end of the year there. And, and Lord, we just pray that you'd help us in our times of difficulty. Lord, help us to lean on you, Father, to, to just rest in your presence. And so, Lord, we just pray and with that in mind that you would lead us today, that you would guide us, that you would have your hand upon us. And Father, as we worship you, uh, Father, with this song, Father, we just pray uh, that you would come and speak to us through it as well. Lord, all of what we're doing is an act of worship today. And Father, the things that we do week by week, Father, they are our act of worship to you. But Lord, we just pray that you'd come in this moment and Father, that you'd just meet with us, that you'd fill us with your spirit, with your presence. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Just be 
stone was moved for good, for the Lamb who conquered death. And the dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe for the souls of Father, we just thank you for the incredible words in this song. When the church of Christ was born, then the Spirit lit the flame. Now the gospel truth of old shall not kneel, shall not faint. By his blood and in his name, in his freedom, I am free for the love of Jesus Christ who has resurrected me. Father, we just thank you for the truth that's in these words. Father, that it just didn't stop with the death of Christ, but Father, he rose again on the third day. He sent his Holy Spirit into the church. And Father, the church was born and it's still alive today. And Father, it's growing. And Father, it's increasing. And Father, you have your hand upon it. And Lord, we pray for your church in these days. Father, difficult days. Lord, we pray that you bless your church. Father, our friends uh, around this area, other churches in this area across our nation. Father, in other nations where we have relationships with churches for our missions partners across the world. Father, we just pray your blessing upon them. Father, we pray that you keep them safe and that you'd cause them to prosper in the things that you have called them into. And so, Father, we just pray, Lord, we pray as we come to your word in in just a moment or two, Lord, we pray that our spiritual eyes and ears would be open, Father, just to hear what you want to say to us. Lord, may we be so attentive to your voice. Father, we want to hear you today. We want to hear what you want to say to us. Lord, there are so many things going on in our heads at times, but Lord, help us to just be still and to be quiet in your presence, Lord, whilst uh, we we just meditate on your word. And so, Father, we just ask that you bless speaker and hearer alike. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just one or two announcements that I need to make. Um, the Watoto offering uh, announced last week has actually went up again. Um, so it's now £785 uh, that we're passing on to Watoto UK. 
uh, and to really bless them and to bless the work that they're doing. We heard the message last week from uh, Jonathan. You'll have heard in his heart how appreciative he is. And uh, it's just great that we can still be part of the work that's ongoing. Um, two other uh, very quick announcements. On Monday, we will meet to pray at 9.30 on Zoom. If you want to be part of that, let us know and we'll send you the link for that. And again, on Wednesday night, we will gather to, together at 7.30 in the evening to pray. Again, if you want the link to that, then we can send that out to you. It gets sent out to the, the church via email. And can I just encourage you, uh, church, if you've not been part of that meeting, to, to come and be part of that. We meet for somewhere between uh, an hour and, a, and an hour and a half um, and it's just such a blessed time and there are so many faces that we're just missing who we know can be part of that meeting and so can I encourage you to be part of that you know you think what can the church do in, in difficult days well the church is actually doing a lot of things but one of the things that is so important that we do as a church is pray because that's one of the weapons of our spiritual warfare and so can I encourage you church to be part of that meeting on Wednesday night Let's just uh, break for a little uh, second and then we're going to come to God's Word. Again, let me just welcome you to, to Whitburn Pentecostal Church. Um, just uh, if this is the first time that you're joining us uh, this year online, uh, just to give you a bit of context, uh, one of our uh, senior leaders, Steve Giorgio, passed away um, just on Christmas Eve. So it's been a really challenging and tough time uh, for the church. Um, and so really... Uh, the, the messages that I've been speaking over the last couple of weeks have really been reflecting uh, the fact that we're in, you know, just a, a difficult and challenging time. And today, I just wanted just to focus uh, for a little while uh, on on the resurrection. Um, and, and I'm going to lead into that. I'm not going into that right away, but you can see uh, that our passage will be in Luke chapter 20. And, you know, I believe that in life that we go through seasons, and sometimes there are seasons within seasons. And uh, I spoke um, last year about entering into a new season as a church. And when I, I kind of spoke my first message last January, it was a very, very different experience from, from this year. But, you know, I, I do believe that we find ourselves in different seasons as a church. At this point in time, we're in a difficult season. We're in a season within a season. And I just wanted to, to sort of reflect on some, uh, some of the things that I've been reading in the, uh, in the Torah, in the, the first five books of the Bible. And uh, it says in Numbers chapter 9, verse 23, that the Israelites camped. It says at the Lord's command, they set up camp, and at the Lord's command, they set out. So sometimes they were setting up camp, sometimes they were setting out to move on in their journey. And it goes on to say they obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with his command through Moses. And we read that in Numbers chapter 9. And there are times in life where we're setting up, when we're making camp, and there are other times when we're setting out and we're going out on a mission or we're going out on a journey or doing whatever we're doing. And, and for this point in time in our church, it's a time to set up. It's a time to, to just stop. It's a time to rest. It's a time to set up camp. And just as I was saying there, there are seasons within seasons. And, and that's where we are as a church. We're in a season, a, a time, a time to be still, a time to grieve, a time to just stop for a moment and just take stock of where we're at because we've been through some really difficult times as a church. And the reality is, uh, uh, you know, there are so many things that we just don't understand. 
so many things in life, but we know that we can trust God and we can follow Him and we can just keep ourselves close to Him and He will lead us through whatever we're going through. And as you read about the story of these people, uh, Moses is leading them through the, the wilderness. He's, he's moving at God's command. And it's this really interesting passage in, in Deuteronomy chapter 33, and it's in verse 27, and it says, The eternal God is our refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. I don't know about you, but I love that passage. And it's up on the screen now. <laughs> The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. There's, the, there's something about that that just gives me this picture of a God who is, who is our foundation, somebody that we can lean on, somebody that we can rely on, somebody that we can rest in, somebody that we can trust fully and put our confidence in. But that doesn't mean that we don't experience difficult times and difficult seasons, because we do. We are in the middle of a difficult season as a church just now. Families are in the middle of a difficult season. And even the children of Israel, and let me put up another slide here. It says that the Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days until the time of weeping and mourning was over. We read that in Deuteronomy chapter 34. What happened was that Moses went up the mountain and he was able to see the land that the children of Israel were going to go into and take possession of but he was not allowed to enter that land himself. And it tells us that he died on top of the mountain. But it, I found this really interesting that rather than just setting up and setting out, they, they actually stopped and, and they took time to grieve for Moses as they were camped in the plains of Moab. It was a season within a season. They were on a journey, they were moving, they had purpose, but there was a season within a season where they had to stop, a time to set up, a time to stop, a time to mourn, a time for grief. But let me just say that when we grieve, we do not grieve as people without hope. But as I was thinking about this today, I just kind of thought we need to be aware of what's happening inside us when we grieve. You see, the danger is that with grief can come a creeping darkness, something that steals its way into your soul, and we need to be so aware of that. And it can dominate your soul. It can dominate your mind, your thinking, your will, your emotions, your choices. We need to be aware of that potential for a creeping darkness to enter into our lives and the fears that are associated with that. You see, in these last few weeks, I, I, I say this because I've experienced it, and in these last few weeks, I was aware of that creeping darkness trying to get back into my soul again, and I had to arrest that thought. The Bible talks in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, about taking every thought captive. When we are aware of what's happening, we need to take hold of that, and we need to deal with it. Remember the other week I talked about by endurance, possess your souls. We need to take control of our souls. We need to take control of ourselves. You know, just this week I was out for a walk, and uh, I knew that it was late on when I was going out for the walk, um, and I found myself walking further than I'd expected to walk. I was walking on a track over the moors, and 
and he actually cut across some of the open moorland to get to a different track to find my way back. But on my way back, it was already dark, and I found myself walking the tracks in the dark. And it's amazing when you can't see what's happening round about you the same. When your sense of sight dulls, it's amazing how your other senses come alive. Your sense of hearing, your perception of what's happening round about you, just the noises, um, especially as you're walking past the trees, you, just, you hear every click and every, every branch and you become so aware of it. And uh, I, I just became so aware that I was walking in this darkness. And... It was quite a funny experience. The darkness can be quite disorientating at times. But I had just enough light to be able to see the path that I was walking on. It was dark, but your eyes kind of adjust to that, as it were. And then that was enough to get me back onto the main track. But what it was making me think about was actually, if you're used to walking when it's light, you'll manage when it's dark. If you're used to walking in the light you'll still manage when it's dark. Um, even though I was walking in the dark, I was on paths, mostly, mostly in paths that I knew. There was one path that I went onto that I wasn't so familiar with. I'd never been on that path before, but I knew where it would bring me out. But if we're used to walking in the, the light, if we're used to walking in these paths when it's light, we'll know where we're going when it's dark as well. And it made me think about in a spiritual sense as well. You know, we have the opportunity to walk with God every day, to invite God into our lives every day, to, to, to read His Word and to pray and to fellowship with God every day. And, and we, we call that walking with God. We, it's like a Christian walk. We use that phrase. It's our relationship with God that we develop day by day. And when we're doing that, then when dark times come, when that creeping darkness comes, can try to steal its way into our lives, we know that we can take authority over that because we're used to walking with God in the good times. The danger is that in the good times we forget about God because everything's rosy and everything's going okay. We have no needs and, you know, everything's just fine. And it's so easy to just turn our backs on God and to forget about God. But actually, we need to be bringing God into our lives every single day so that when we walk in those times when it's dark, then we know that he's with us. It's like Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. The psalmist could say that because he had the experience of walking with God in the light, experiences of walking with God in the mountaintop, so that when you come to the valley, you already know the voice of God. And I, I was just thinking as well about another experience I had just uh, a few weeks ago. Um, and, and I went up to the top of Cockleroy uh, Hill, which is out at B. Craig's Country Park. And uh, this, this was the, the scene. It was just fantastic. I went there whilst it was still dark. I climbed up the top of the hill when it was still dark. And I just waited on the sun rising. And it was this gradual process of the sun coming up and beginning to light up the land round about. It was just such a fantastic experience. And this just, this wonderful light just uh, filtered throughout the whole of the landscape and, and it just came to life. And, and it made me think about how, how in the seasons that we're in and in life, those seasons don't last forever. 
Good times don't last forever, but also bad times don't last forever. There is a time for every season. There's a time to grieve. There is a time to mourn. But there is a time to come out of that season and come into better times. And as a church, we will do that as well. I love this photograph. I took that from the top of Cockleroy. Um, I'll let you try and guess what peak that is. That one there. Send me answers on a postcard or leave a comment on Facebook if you can guess which peak it is. And last week, last week when I was speaking, I talked about the importance of focusing on who. That creeping darkness that can try to steal its way into our souls sometimes is based on this unanswered why question. We talked about that last week. But we need to keep the main thing the main thing. We need to keep God in focus. And we need to focus on Him day by day. And there's an incredible power in what we're talking about today. I entitled the message Resurrection, and I've not even talked about anything to do with resurrection yet, but that is my plan. You see, we need to shift our focus from sometimes the the dark and negative stuff that's in our lives to focusing on who God is and what God has for us. We become so fixed and so focused on the earthly life, on temporal things, that we can forget sometimes that we are a spiritual being and that we have an eternal destiny. And as I read through Scripture, I just find it amazing some of the the, the things that are revealed to people in Scripture. Listen to what Job says. I've quoted this so many times. He says, I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes. This is before there was a Bible. This is before there was a church. This is even before Jesus had walked on the earth. Perhaps one of the oldest stories in the Bible itself. A man who has had a revelation of this Redeemer, and he's what, he's, what he sees and what he writes about is Christ, all those centuries beforehand. And then the psalmist, and I'm not sure which person wrote the psalm, one of the sons of Korah, it says, but God will redeem me from the realm of the dead. He will surely take me to himself. We read that in Psalm 49. Again, God will redeem. God is a redeemer. He is the one who buys us back. He is the one who brings us into his presence. And then Jesus, he confirmed this hope in the resurrection himself. Jesus was talking to Sadducees, a group of people who were influential in his time. We read about this in Luke chapter 20, and if you want to go to verse 35, you can follow it. I'm reading from the New International Version, the UK version. And Jesus is speaking to these men And they're asking him about the resurrection. They don't believe in the resurrection. And so they're asking Jesus questions to try and trick him. They're asking him questions to try and trip him up to see what he will say. And and, and the the whole thing is that that they're talking about a Hebrew custom where if a a man uh, dies, then his brother needs to marry uh, his his brother's wife so that they can have children, so they continue the family name. And, and they're presenting this scenario to him so that, you know, the man died, but he had, you know, seven brothers and they all married him, they all died. And, you know, the, the, the question they asked was, Who, whose wife will uh, she be in eternity? Whose wife will she be after the resurrection? And of course, Jesus, he corrects them and he puts them on the right track. And this is what it says. Um, let me just 
try and find the right slide. Okay. Okay, here we are. This is the right slide. And this is what it says. This is what Jesus is saying uh, to, to these people. But those who are considered worthy of taking part in the age to come and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage, and they can no longer die, for they're like the angels. Wow. It talks about them being worthy, people who are worthy to take part in the age to come. There's more to this life. There is more to us than just the life that we live in the body. There is an age that will come, a a, a different age, a new age. And Jesus talks about the resurrection from the dead. He, He gives us this picture of hope that there is something more than just the life that we live in the body. And then he goes on to say, they are God's children since they are children of the resurrection. But in the account of the burning bush, even Moses, going back to Moses again, showed that the dead rise. For he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. For to him all are alive. Incredible, incredible words. And what Jesus is saying is that there will be a resurrection one day. And he's correcting these Sadducees because they don't believe in the resurrection. But what he's saying is even Moses talked about that. The person that you revere, the person who gave you the law, he talks in a way that implies that there will be a resurrection. We read from Job, we read from the Psalms, we see it in Moses' words himself. There's a future age where there is no no death. And Tolkien in his uh, work of fiction, The Lord of the Rings, he talked, about as the un- he talked about it as the undying lands. There is a resurrection. There's a resurrection of the body. There will come a day where we will be resurrected, where we will be changed, where we will be transformed, where we will be made new. But what makes you worthy? In that last slide there that we saw, he says, those who are considered worthy of taking part in the age to come and the resurrection. How how do we become worthy to take part in that? Well, first, there is Jesus Christ who makes us worthy because of what he has done for us on the cross. Second thing is our acceptance of the sacrifice that Jesus made for our sin. We need to recognize who Jesus is. We need to accept that he died for our sin. We need to accept that he sacrificed himself so that we could experience forgiveness of sins. And then the third third thing is an invitation. An invitation where you invite Jesus through his spirit into your life. You see, there's one thing to recognize that Jesus was a real person. It's another thing to recognize that Jesus is who he said he was and died for our sin. And there's another thing still to actually do something about it and to invite Jesus into your life, to invite the Holy Spirit in. And my question today is, have you invited God into your life, to every area of your life, to make you new, to make you clean, to forgive you, to give you eternal life, to give you, as it talks about in the Bible, a hope and a future? Have you invited him in? That's what makes us worthy to participate in the age to come and to participate in the resurrection. If you've not done that, then today is a day where you can do that. It's a simple prayer of surrender to God. You say, 
Lord, I'm sorry for the things that have kept me away from you all these years, whatever that might be. And I ask that you forgive me, and I ask that you come into my life. And I think these days, I think these days there are so many people who believe in life after death. They have some sort of concept of life after death, but lots of different notions of what that is, about what it's like, but mostly with nothing to base it upon. You see, it said in that passage, I think it said in the slide before there, for they are like angels. There's no marriage in heaven because when we are transformed, when we are resurrected, when we have a heavenly body, we will be like the angels. I hear people saying, about loved ones who've passed, that they're, they're, they've become an angel. There is no basis for that in Scripture. And sometimes people say that the, 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 the loved one has become a star in the sky. There's no basis for that in Scripture. Christianity doesn't teach that. And some people believe in reincarnation but in Christianity, there's no basis for that either because we're created unique. We're created in the image of God. And the Bible talks about when we die and when we are raised to life that we'll have a, a new body, a heavenly body. And I'm going to talk about that in just a little second. You see, this is what the Bible does say about the resurrection. And Paul, in his writings to the Corinthians, he talks about resurrection in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you've never read that passage, read it. If you've never read, uh, I think it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, read that one as well. And this is what Paul says in, in, in part of uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 42. It says, so it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. And if there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. And what Paul is saying is that the body, the body of flesh which dies and is buried, will rise again. This body will be transformed into a different kind of body. Think about this. This is the analogy that Paul uses. If you take a seed, for example, from an apple, you, you open up an apple and you take a seed out of that apple, and you take that seed and you plant that seed in the soil, what's going to grow out of the soil isn't a seed. But what's going to grow out of the soil is the beginnings of an apple tree. And if you nurture that and care for that and keep putting it in a bigger pot and eventually plant it outside, what you'll have is an apple tree that will begin to grow apples. And what he's saying here is that our natural body is like a seed. When, we, when, that, is, when that dies, when it falls away, then what will come out of that isn't the same, it's different. And he talks about having a heavenly body. This is what he goes on to say in this passage. Just as we have borne the image of the earthly, the man of dust, we're made of dust, we will also bear the image of the heavenly, the man of heaven. And that's 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in the amplified version of the Bible. And it's all possible, this resurrection, this new life, this new body, 
after we die is possible because of Jesus, because there is a man in heaven. And that's one of the things that came into my mind and began to dispel the creeping darkness years and years and years and years ago, is that when Jesus returns, he will bring with him those who have fallen asleep, those who have died, who love him. He will bring them back. And it even says in the Bible that some of us won't see death. We don't know when that will be, but there will come a time when Jesus will come back for his church and they will be raised to this new body and the dead in Christ will rise and we will be with the Lord in the air. You read that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Read that if you need to encourage your soul, if you need to speak against the creeping darkness, if you need to speak against fear. You see, it's the, this is the great fact, the great cornerstone of the Christian faith. And we see it in Jesus himself. Jesus died, and on the third day he rose again. And because he rose again, we can have an assurance that the things which he says are true and that we too will rise again. We will rise to newness of life. And we think about that song, lifted up, he defeated the grave. Raised to life, our God is able. In his name we overcome, for the Lord our God is able. We too shall be raised. We too will have a resurrection body. You see, it's all a matter of perspective. Where are you looking? You see, we can be so consumed with the, the material, the outward, the, the things of this life that we miss, we miss the importance that we are an eternal being and that we have the opportunity in this life to invest in the life that's to come. Jesus talked about that. We have the opportunity to experience resurrection life. Like the man that Jesus talked about, there's a story in the Bible where Jesus talked about a man who was really wealthy, and he built these bigger barns because his harvest had been so incredible. And he said, I'm going to build these big barns, and I'm going to sit back and relax, and I'm going to enjoy the fruit of my labor. And like that, he was gone. He couldn't take his goods, his material possessions with him. The ancients tried to do that. You look at the Egyptian pharaohs. They tried to do that. They tried to take all these things with them. They're still here for us to see. Jesus talked about another man in the Bible, a rich man. And outside of the, of the rich man's house was a man called Lazarus, who was begging scraps from the rich man. And both the rich man and Lazarus died. But when Lazarus experiences resurrection, the tables are turned around. You see, Lazarus, it says that he's in Abraham's bosom. In other words, he's beside Abraham. He's with his, his fathers, as the Bible talks about. And yet, Lazarus is confined to a place where there's torment and where there's punishment. And he just wants to say, send a message back to my brothers so that they don't come to this place. There's a resurrection life. Can I encourage you to Accept Jesus as your Savior so that you can experience resurrection life, so that you experience when, when, we, when we die and when, when we're raised to life, that we're in God's presence rather than separated from God's presence. Why am I saying all this? I'm saying this to encourage us, folks, church, that there is 
a greater reality. There is a resurrection reality. We should not be so consumed with the things of this earth that we forget eternal realities and we forget that there is a bigger picture, that one day we will live in an age that's to come, that one day we will live in a resurrection body, a body that's like Jesus' body. Yes, we grieve. We lose people, we feel sad, and that's why in this season within a season, we take time out to just grieve to, to experience those feelings, to experience those emotions, and, and, and just to have that space and time to really grieve our losses as a church. But dwelling on the unanswered why can be dangerous. Let me remind you of that. Be aware of the potential for the creeping darkness. Be aware of the potential for fears to get in, for doubts to rise in your mind. In our grief, we need to remember that we do not grieve like the rest of the world who has no hope. We grieve with a hope. Yes, it's still sore. Yes, we still grieve, but we grieve with hope. Is this your hope today? Have you invited Jesus into your life? Is there something in you just now that will last for eternity? The Holy Spirit living within you, you can do that today. Maybe you're far away from God today. Maybe you've made that decision to invite Jesus into your heart at one point, but you're not living that way. You're living in a way where you're not focused on God at all. And God is calling you today. He's calling you back in to the straight and narrow way. He's calling you back onto the path. Just like I was walking on that path through the moors, He's calling you onto a path to walk with Him. Even in the dark times, you know that He will walk with you. Don't wait for tragedy to come. Don't wait for crisis to come before you turn to Jesus because the people who follow him in the light will be those who will experience him in the dark times as well. Let's just pray for a second as we finish off today. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you live within us. Father, we thank you that you have given us a hope and a future. Father, we thank you that the life we live in this body is not the only thing that we will experience, that, Father, we will experience a new hope, a new future in you. Father, that we will experience new things. We will experience a resurrection body. Father, where we will be like the angels. Father, where we will have purpose. Our lives will have meaning, and we will have that fellowship with you. And, Lord, I pray for each member of our church today, every church family, every person, every family in our church, sorry, uh, Lord, that you would have your hand upon each one. Lord, that you would bless. Lord, that you'd keep. Lord, that you'd sustain. Lord, that you'd pour in what is needed at this time. Father, if it's comfort, pour in comfort. If it's strength, pour in strength. If it's resources, financial or otherwise, Father, pour in what we need today. And Lord, help us to keep our dependence on you. And Father, for those who have maybe wandered far from the path, Lord, we pray that you bring them back onto that path. Lord, that you would show them the way. Lord, that you would just lead them back into that place. Lord, that even in the difficult times, we would know your presence with us. We would know that we're walking with you. And just today, if you have never made a decision to invite Jesus into your heart, he can come in and he can give you that assurance of the hope of the resurrection, of new life in him. So that that day, because there will come a day where we will all need to go through that doorway, that doorway called death, every single one of us, not one of us can escape it. 
we have an opportunity today while it's light to be prepared for that moment, to be prepared to experience the power of God at work within us as we enter into His presence. If you've never made that decision today, if you've never made that decision, today is the time to make it. Don't hold off. Don't delay because none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. That's one of the things that we've learned over the last few weeks, and it's hurt me afresh as a leader in this church. We don't know what the future holds. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to invite Jesus into your heart. And I'm just going to say a quick prayer. And you pray this prayer after me. You can pray it into yourself or pray it out loud if you're in the privacy of your own home. Nothing to stop you from doing that. And you say amen to that. And you let us know through our website, whitburnpentecostal.com. Drop us a message. Leave us uh, a message in Facebook and we will uh, get in touch with you and want to just be in touch with you and pray with you personally. But you pray this prayer after me today. Dear God, I've walked my own way. I've lived my life my own way so far. I realize that I need you in my life. Please come in. Please forgive me. Please clean up my life. Please come in by your Holy Spirit. Help me to live a new life the way that you want me to live it. And lead me on your path. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you've made that prayer today, prayed that prayer, made that decision, then the Lord bless you and please let us know that you've done it. For, for the, the rest of the church, I just pray uh, for you too as I've prayed uh, that, that as we are in this season, within a season, that we would experience the grace for the season that we're living in. And for all who've joined us today, whether you're watching this message live or you're listening to it later as it's recorded, you may be listening on SoundCloud, you may be watching it on YouTube or Facebook or our church website or wherever. I, I just pray that, 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 that you, if you're not part of a church, that you find a church and that you get involved and that you get plugged in there and that you, you, you become part of this wonderful thing called the church. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. And just... If I can say as much as possible, have a great week, stick into God, uh, spend time with God, listen to his voice, and uh, may you just experience his blessing in your life this week. Amen.